What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 58 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined once again by Ash Paulson, and we're back to our old ways again. Andre's <laughs> MIA. He is currently working hard on a bunch of Mario Kart videos. Uh, he's been doing nothing but Mario Kart. Uh, I believe I saw a, an image on Twitter from Nomcoms who has been playing a lot of uh, Mario Kart with Andre because they also got a pre-release copy. Uh, and according to his like friends list thing, like the Switch has, I think Andre's already up to ninety-five hours. Well, you know that you can't say he doesn't pl- play the hell out of the games he reviews. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I think I think I saw that he has something like one hundred and eighty-five hours logged into Breath of the Wild as well, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hey, that's impressive. Ninety-five hours in Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, on top of the fact that he's played hundreds of hours of Mario Kart Eight on Wii U. That's that's impressive dedication. Yeah, no kidding. Like, I, <laughs> really I, can't, I can't see myself even approaching that level of uh, playtime play on the game unless, you know, we do a ton of streams, which it may happen, but I don't know. There's other stuff I want to play beyond Mario Kart. Like, I, I picked up Mario yeah. Kart, and I played a bit today, and uh, it's it's looks gorgeous. I forgot just how much that game really pops uh, and how good the music was, Like it's because it has been a while. Um, yeah. But the thing for me is that I've never been much of a battle mode guy. I I, right. I can appreciate that there's new modes in there, and I, I did try them out because I was uh, able to take part in a uh, stream from the guys at Brain Scratch Com- with the ga- guys at uh, Brain Scratch Comms and tried out all the modes and all the levels. And there's definitely fun to be had there, but I definitely had this sense of like eh, I'd rather be racing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I am really. I had a blast with the well, a, a blast <laughs> with uh, with the uh, battle mode in uh, at the various preview events I attended. And I really, I always loved balloon battle as a kid, like in Super Mario Kart or Mario Kart 64. But uh, yeah, I agree. I'm more of a racing kind of guy, though. I do think I'm going to have quite a bit of fun with at least balloon battle and um, what is it, Shine Thief. Mm-hmm. The others I'm going to have to spend a little more time with to see how I feel about them, but. On the whole, though, Derek, I, I totally am with you. I'm more of a racing guy, which is why I was really hoping there would be a at least one new cup of all new tracks. But that may come. You know, that may be DLC down the line. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's possible. But, I mean, the thing is, the, there is changes when it comes to the dual items. That does really change up the races and right. the strategy. So I did like that aspect. It made going through the courses just a little bit different what I did. And I tried out the new the, all the new characters, and they're... They're fun. I like them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I made this comment today. It's like Bowser Jr. has two taunts whenever he does a trick. He either does like this laughing thing where he turns around to look at the person behind him or he uh, does that whole uh, smacking his butt thing to taunt up a person. So I was oh, nice. playing through a cup with Bowser Jr. Uh, I saw a lot of him smacking his own ass. <laughs> They, well, that's what you want when you play Mario Kart, is Bowser Jr. smacking his own ass. What else would you want out that's, of that? I mean, that's why I bought the game, so <laughs> exactly. I'm getting exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to playing the new characters, too. You know, I've, I've always been... It's weird. Like, characters are everything in Smash, of course, but characters in Mario Kart are a little bit different because... You know, it, your your parameters are just as affected by the cart you pick as they are the character you pick. So I typically just tend to uh, I tend to pick stick with one character with Mario Kart, which is usually at least an eight has been Rosalina. But now that they, for me, I think the secret coolest change of this uh, from eight to deluxe is the fact that you can now switch carts and characters mm-hmm. in online lobbies. 
And I think most of the reason I never switched from Rosalina is because I didn't want to have out. to go through the <laughs> hassle of switching characters. So now that I can, I'm actually quite likely to go around and just mess around with different characters now. Yeah, I'm actually the same way. Like I settled on Iggy, and I'll still stick with him because he became a favorite of the Koopalings for me. But I, I, I like the fa- fact that I can try out different ones. And I actually really like playing as King Boo. He, he was uh, a lot yeah. of fun. And yeah, I, I, we'll see how it all ends up uh, in with all tournaments and gameplay and all that but i'm definitely my focus is not going to be on mario kart as much as maybe andre or even you i'm not sure there's a even me actually no i think that's mainly going to be andre to be honest like for me i got mario kart 8 deluxe because i mean of course i you know it's mario kart and i'm excited and it is of course 90 percent old content for us but i think just the idea of having mario kart 8 on switch to play with other people whenever i want i mean Mm -hmm. I'd rather go play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on Switch than go back to maybe have try to find people to <laughs> bring out their Wii U's and play Mario Kart 8. Oh, you know, absolutely. like this is going to be where people are playing Mario Kart, and I want to get in on that. Mm-hmm. So that is yeah. the reason to get it. So it's, exactly, it's, it's, and it's just a, it is a good value, especially if you never picked up the original Wii U version. It's just we did that, we picked up the DLC, so there's not as much here, and it's not quite as exciting, which is it's fine. Uh, it is what right. it is, but there's. Plenty else for me to play right now. It's way too much. Like that is it's it's right, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. It's so much heavier than it normally is. Yeah, it's I, I like I had a plan going into this week because <laughs> I, uh, I I Dragon Quest Heroes two came out. You know me, I really enjoyed the first. I was looking forward to the sequel because yeah. they're doing a lot of different things. Where rather than pick a stage and go to it and do your thing, and it slowly opens up that uh, kind of way. It's it has its own overworld, and you still have missions that'll separate it that are dedicated areas, but you have to travel to them. So you have it's, it definitely feels more like an RPG. And there's a lot of, from what I've seen so far, I've only played about four hours of smart changes and upgrades that make it a lot of fun. So I really want to play it, but I also I'm still playing Persona Five, and I just reached. Uh, the third uh, dungeon of that game, and met the fan favorite, and found out why the fan favorite character is the fan favorite character, and I completely agree on that front just from that introduction. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so my plan was, oh, okay, I'll play Dragon Quest one night, and I'll go to Persona the next night, and just go either or as as the week goes on, and then. It kind of started out like I played Dragon Quest and I played Persona, and then what is it? That would that would have put me to yesterday, when all of a sudden the 2DS was announced, and then all of Nintendo's financial stuff was announced, and then they they showed off uh, Helix, the new Arms uh, character, and there's a new Splatoon yeah. chapter coming out. And I'm like, what the hell right? is going on? Why is this I don't happening? Know what is with <laughs> Yeah, and then on top of then on top of that, and not that we really cover that in detail for our purposes, but on top of that, they did a like a news blowout on Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. So that had me hyped on top of everything <laughs> else happening with Nintendo, and it just what a random week to release all this news. Yeah, just a Thursday night. Um, sure, why not? Uh, yeah. So that that kept me up pretty late. Like I was actually getting ready to head to head to bed. I was just watching something to, you know, get wind down and then i was yeah. going to turn everything off and i glanced at the chat and there was like hey new uh new arms trail i was like what so, i know so i had, had to cover yeah. that and that, that's i've just been playing catch up today is just all the other news that came out and preparing stuff for the weekend and 
picking you know picking up Mario Kart and taking care of a few errands. So it's been a I had the right idea with this plan to begin with. I just got derailed a little bit, so I'm hoping to get back on it uh, <laughs> next week. Yeah, well, I hear you. I mean, it's just it's so hard just to stay focused on gaming time these days. I mean, I, I sympathize with what you're saying, and I will you know back that up by saying I still have not finished Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I'm still I, I'm in the midst of the Varuda uh, quest, which is my last divine beast. Uh, I have found 113 out of 120 shrines, so pretty good. Uh, basically on my own too. I think I've only needed help with like a couple from an FAQ or so. I, I would say like 110 or 111 of those I found completely on my own. Mm. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. And I feel like I've really, I mean, I've been playing the game now, I think for over 120 hours and I, I've had such a wonderful time with it, but even now I, I'm starting to get antsy. Like I want to be part of the conversation. I want to talk to people about the ending. I want to talk to you guys about the ending and about the game in general. So I'm really feeling antsy at this point. Like I have just to go finish it now, and but I'm close. I've got all the memories. I've got like you know, I, I'm not even probably going to try to find the, the remaining seven shrines before I finish it. I'm just going to go finish it after I beat Varuda. So I'm getting there ah, so slowly but surely. So you're going to miss out on the uh, reward you get for getting all the shrines. Oh, I didn't know there was oh, one. Yeah. What? There's a reward. Oh, well, you, see now, you get I'm something have to... if you get all the shrines. Eat more than just you mean more than just spirit yep. orbs. <laughs> oh, now I have to go do the seven shrine. Well, it's probably going to end up being more like five after I'm done with the, the whole Zora's domain mm. area, but still. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll probably just, I, I'll, full full disclosure, I'm probably just going to use a guide to find the last five. That's pretty much. So I can just zone in on them and finish the that's game. That's pretty much what I did. I, I, yeah. I got to that point, I'm like, all right. I, I got to where you were. I'm ready to finish. Yeah. But then I got found out. Then I got that uh, reward. And I'm like, well, crap. Now I got to take care of this thing and do all of this. And I still haven't okay. done all the side quest or anything like that. And then I'm not going to do yeah. that. It's just yeah. I've already done a ton of them. Like probably 40 side quests just in the my natural course of playing the game. So mm. that's that's more than enough for me. <laughs> yeah. And as far as Korok seeds, I did find enough that I was able to fully upgrade my uh, my weapons inventory. So I have. Yeah, nice. Cool that and- I think I'm almost there. I think I'm just behind you. I have like I have one more slot to get in my weapon inventory, and I have like 35 Korok seeds. So I think if I got like 10 more or something, mm-hmm. I would have enough to get every slot. But if if I do, great. If not, that's fine too. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter that much, and I, yeah. it is it is kind of funny. The more you play that game, you can just. The, how quickly you can like oh that's that's definitely going to be a Korok spot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like I've I've started to certainly started not even started. I've been kind of zoning in on oh that random rock formation looks over. The, yeah, that's not going to be a shrine, but that'll definitely be a Korok scene. <laughs> so yeah, no, I know exactly what she mean. And just the joy of discovery. Even now, 125 hours into the game or whatever, I'm still finding cool things to discover in regions I haven't quite combed completely. And it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. No, it, it does a very good job of that. And there's, you know, there's plenty more I could do, but I feel very satisfied with what I accomplished. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I found all the shrines, upgraded quite a bit, saw quite a bit, um, did all the, um, I think I'm missing like maybe 10 uh, side quests or something like that. Nothing too yeah. major, uh, especially since I have most everything. And I upgraded quite a few um, equipment, and you know it's it's good to use all those. And yeah, I, I feel satisfied. Like I didn't complete it, but I felt like I did everything I wanted to in the game. Yeah, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like I yeah, I, I've gotten 
what I consider to be my personal value out of it. I've 100% the things I want to 100%, and everything else is, you know, that's there, but I am good. I need to move on and play another game, and I've gotten my own personal enjoyment out of it. Mm. <laughs> what other, uh, uh, what game are you moving on to next after Breath of the Wild? You know, I haven't figured that out yet. I, I kind of want to go back to finish World of Final Fantasy. You know what it'll probably be is I'll probably go fin- uh, go play FF15 Episode Gladio. Ah, uh, okay. Because I haven't played that yet, and, I, and it's, I've heard it's like 10, 15 hours, so I want to go play that, knock it out. Um, you know, I'll probably start kind of messing around with some of the post-game stuff in 15 again, because they just uh, released another new patch that adds more new things. <laughs> so I want to go back and see what that's all about, um, and I might go out and buy Horizon. It might be time to go play Horizon. Mm. I, I've been wanting to play that so much, and the only reason I haven't, again, and I've said this, is because I wanted to make sure I gave both Zelda and Horizon the space and the time they both deserved without getting open-world fatigue, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get so, that. Yeah. It, it's, it's been crazy just because there's these huge games. Like, Zelda's not short. Horizon's not short. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Persona's certainly not short. I'm pretty sure Dragon Quest, yeah, there's it's a... Muso game it's going to have hours of gameplay in it as well so yeah there that's the thing there's good there's there's all these good games and they're not short either they they take a while uh, no so it was actually it was actually kind of a relief in a way to uh play and review Puyo Puyo Tetris this week uh, oh right because it was something different and I love the localization of that game. I don't. I, I don't yeah. think I talked about it too much in the review, uh, but I had. A, I made sure to have an example of it for the opening bit, and just how much fun you can tell the voice actors are having, and just how over the top it is, and some really great wordplay. Like there's this one guy who doesn't realize he always speaks in. Uh, in just the wrong way, not even double entendres. But the, the example I have from the beginning is that. Um, He's upset at one of the characters for calling him a creeper because that's how he comes across because uh-huh. of his speech pa- patterns. So he's like, I'm going to prove my innocence by assaulting this young girl. <laughs> so stuff like that. Very nice. It just yeah, yeah, silly stuff like that. It was it, it was made it fun. And the gameplay is really solid. It's a really good puzzler uh, and there's tons of content. So yeah. it's, it's I, I think it's well worth it. Some people are a little miffed at the fact that you have to pay – uh, I think fifty for the physical, while forty for the digital. But the oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, but I think the I think the physical does come with like a keychain or some like oh, tiny, well, that's fair, tiny goodies to go along with it to at least help it out a little bit. So sure, it, it is what it is. But I, I think it's a nice, just a nice little game uh, to play when you can, and that's basically what I did. Actually, <laughs> what I had to do was like, I had kind of forgotten about it when we got it. So I was like, oh crap, yeah, I do have to review that. So I was in well, yeah. rush mode trying to get play as much as I could to uh, get a good sense of it. And uh, yeah, I was, those were some late nights. <laughs> just oh, I bet. Well, yeah, and it really, I mean, it kind of speaks to just how quickly the library for the Switch is filled out. I mean, we're barely two months out from the Switch's launch, if even that, really, uh, almost two months out, and already, like, the eShop has already filled out with so many great indie games, and so many, like, really, in my opinion, must-play titles, and actually, to going back to the question of what I'm playing after Zelda, I may just spend some time going through my Switch menu and playing all the games I've either done Game & Watches for, or started playing but haven't had a chance to go back to, like Wonder Boy, or Graceful Explosion Machine, uh, even Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, just kind of going, I've, I was doing a uh, another Plague Knight playthrough, so I might go finish that. You know, basically just kind of try to knock out 
all these indie games I've been downloading <laughs> and loving. There's also this new one on the Japanese eShop that I've heard about called Kamiko or Kamiko that sounds awesome. It's like this, I guess it's kind of like a cross between like 2D top-down Zelda and like Hyper Light Drifters visuals. Huh. And it looks exactly like the kind of game that I really enjoy. And that's, it's five bucks. Oh, and wow. I really want to go to the Japanese eShop and try that because it's getting all these incredible reviews. And it's oh, apparently it's only it's over in like an hour. So it's like this really great hour of awesome gaming, but then you're done. And I can move on to another game, and it's not like another 30, 40-hour commitment, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I, that's sort of how I'm at. I got the uh, the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, and I did a replay of the original just to refamiliarize myself with it because I haven't played the original Shovel Knight in quite a while. And But it mm-hmm. also gave me a chance to use the body swap mode, which came with it. Nice. So I was able to enjoy that. And I finished that playthrough. I was like, oh, cool, I'll start Plague Knight soon and play that for the first time. And then got immediately distracted with everything else going on. <laughs> so I haven't played Plague yeah. Knight. I haven't played uh, Spectre Knight. And like you, I... like. After seeing Wonder Boy, I really want to try Wonder Boy. It looks like that visual style style is so good, and I want to. Yeah, just I was happy it. to do that game and watch. Like I was really impressed by the visual style and just the like the hand drawn animation and and not only that, but the fact that you can swap back and forth between that and the original graphics anytime you want. <laughs> and actually, since then, people have figured out there's a little trick you can do where you can have side by side on on the screen at the same time. So you can have your the new graphics and the old graphics <laughs> playing at the same time, like you know, like with the division down the middle of the screen. And I want to go back and try that. And yeah, like there's Wonder Boy, and yeah, I mean it's really it's amazing just how much there is to play on the Switch already. And there's still more coming. I mean, I think that game I mentioned, Comico or whatever it is, I think that's coming out on the US eShop pretty soon. And then there's there's just yet more coming, you know, other indie stuff coming up and arms and uh splatoon 2 and whatever else nintendo announces so mm-hmm. wow like it's just crazy yeah. i know we've been saying that a lot with each week but it's just like it, it, it's yeah. sort of what it feels like is that we're like we're chipping away and they're like ha i accomplished something and look back it's like ah oh, hell <laughs> yeah we've made no dent and it's just yeah worse. i mean i've barely even like i hate the fact that i barely even turned on my ps4 since the switch came out because of Zelda, uh, and, and there's so much great stuff to play on PS4 right now, but literally I've only turned it on to turn on Hulu to, you know, watch, you know, an episode of anime with my wife or something while we're eating dinner, and then I turn the PS4 back off and on the Switch goes <laughs> to play Zelda, and it's just, I feel bad because the PS4 has an incredible library, and it's an amazing machine, and it's just getting so underused right now because of freaking Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do it, so it, it's been yeah. interesting, but hey, you did actually get it out and do something else this past week you finally saw uh, i did fate of the furious i did i finally saw fate of the furious my my wife and i went out with a few friends and uh i i liked it i i don't think i liked it as much as fast seven um but i did enjoy myself i want to see it again because i think i think what it was was i i didn't go into it with the right mindset because i wasn't really prepared for how different fast eight was going to feel compared to the other seven movies hmm. like I don't know. Have you seen it yet? I can't remember. No, I haven't seen it yet. I actually have plans with okay. a friend to go see it tomorrow. And I wasn't going okay. to go into it without ever having seen Seven, but uh, his other plans got canceled. So we're, I was going to go see a 7 o'clock showing of um, uh, Fate of the Furious with him uh, and just sort of go after uh, after I finished streaming. But now that he uh, his other plans fell through, he was like, hey, do you want to just watch Fast 7 beforehand? I'm like... Nice. Yeah, let's do that. We'll just go to a later showing of Fast 8. And That's the way to do it. I, I totally am behind that. Just make sure you go out and buy 
a large number of tissues <laughs> before you see the end of Fast 7. Because <laughs> I, I will not say a word. I'm not going to spoil. I wouldn't dream of it, but oh my God. It is it is the perfect send-off for Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really... And, and, you know, leading up to that, you know, fast, fa- the Fast and Furious franchise is the kind of, you know, loud, explosive, you know, hardcore movie franchise that you're not sure would handle the death of an actor all that well. But you know what? They did it perfectly and then some. So that's all I'll say about it. I can't wait to talk about the ending with you of Fast 7. <laughs> and as far as Fast 8 goes, I guess we'll we'll have a more you know detailed discussion of how we felt next week because I don't want to spoil it for you. But I'll just say that I liked it, uh, but it definitely has felt like it's entered a new genre. Like Fast 8 felt more kind of uh, like a hardcore, like heist crime action movie than a racing movie and like i know it's been going in that direction for a while but this is the first movie where it felt like whoa this franchise is completely transformed into something different than what it used to be and i'm cool with that but i think i just need to go and see it again with that mindset mm-hmm. that makes sense we'll see i mean I, yeah i'm pretty open to it honestly i'm like i'm looking forward to seeing it tomorrow but i'm most excited to see guardians 2 next week <laughs> i'm so nice so, yeah now i'm excited to see that next week too like yeah, it's funny. Usually, like, my wife hates sequels, and she, she she's like, oh, sequels always suck. But even she's admitting, like, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy was so good that I'm actually kind of excited for Volume 2. So, <laughs> Yeah, here's yeah. hoping it, it, it sticks the landing. I'm very, uh, very interested in it. But, you know, at the very least, most Marvel movies aren't bad. It's just, like, they're at the very least, most of them are okay at, at worst. Right, well... I don't know what to think because I, I figured he, Andre's already seen it and I figured he was probably going to like it, but he came back and he's like, eh. He said the best part of it was the food he yeah. ate beforehand. I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> well, yeah, just as an explanation, Andre was able to go to an advanced screening, which is why he wasn't. Oh, right. He, which is why he wasn't able to. Uh, he wasn't around for the 2DS discussion because he was off seeing oh, Guardians. Right. That's why. He, yeah, he was having a, having a good time, right? Yeah. So, well, he was having his own two, just a different kind of two than we were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. I. Love Andre, but I don't take his opinions of movies seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, so I was gonna see yeah. and has a much different yeah. eye for it. And I'm also looking at this like I'm hearing all this criticism about uh, Beauty and the Beast and how it's just not worth it because it's just the same thing. And he actually ended up liking it, and I still can't believe that. So I don't understand that at all. So yeah. I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I'm gonna disregard Andre's opinion on this and just enjoy it on my own like i don't i i have a feeling i'm not gonna dislike it as much as him because him and movies are, are very odd <laughs> yeah no i actually i i totally agree with you i love andre to death but i we do seem to have a very uh very divergent opinions in movies so i don't even if galaxy or guardians of the galaxy 2 doesn't end up being quite as awesome as the first one i have a feeling i'm going to have a very good time even if andre didn't so mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I think we oh, there was some movie. What was it? It was some Marvel movie. Oh, uh, Captain America: Civil War. I adored that movie, and Andre was like, "Eh, I didn't think it was very good." And oh I'm no, like, what? yeah, I don't agree with that at what? all. What? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. So, and I could be uh, mistaking what he said, but I'm pretty sure he was not all that impressed with Civil War. So, I'm like, no, man, I loved it. Mm. So, I think well, I, I'll probably end up enjoying Guardians more than he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I have a soft spot for these movies. They've just been they've been yeah. around for so long now. It's hard to imagine. Like, I think they started in 2008. So we're approaching yeah. the 10 year anniversary of Marvel movies continuing on, which is insane. Uh, That's true. I, I I can't believe it, but uh, you know, at, at the very least, I like, even like Thor and Iron Man two and Thor two. Like I I 
there are parts of those movies I enjoy. And I even think uh, Thor, the original Thor is a bit underrated by most people. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and on that note, I was actually going to mention before you brought it up, Thor Ragnarok. I wasn't, you know, Thor has always been like that kind of other Marvel franchise that they haven't seemed to really get a lot of hype behind. And I have to say, I'm a little surprised by the marketing for Thor Ragnarok, because I watched the trailer this week, and I saw the one of the posters, and they're going for this very, like, 80s hair metal vibe, mm-hmm. like, kind of like a Far Cry, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, what they did for the marketing of that. And I think it was called Blood Dragon, yeah. but... Um, yeah, it, it, they're going for this like this 80s hair metal vibe, and I have to say I really like it. Like They're really doing a good job trying to make Thor stand out in its own way and not just be another Thor movie that people just kind of go to see because they – out of obligation. You yeah, know? no, I, I, I dug that trailer quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it was – you could definitely feel the influence of Guardians. Like you, uh, Oh, totally. Exactly. It's like, hmm, how do we make aliens more palatable to people? <laughs> 80, make yeah. it 80s <laughs> and 70s. Yeah. That's all we got to do. And uh, I mean, I, got, I almost got like a Flash Gordon vibe from it, which is weird. It kind of was, wasn't it? it I think it works. Yeah. And, you know, they, they def- they're they tying in a favorite storyline from the comics, which is the Planet Hulk, which is why Hulk is in his uh, gladiator gear at the end there. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Okay. It's, and it's going to be different, just like how Civil War, the movie, was very different from Civil War, the comic, where they're taking the, right. uh, the basic concept and melding it better into the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it feels a little better. But yeah, the idea was that Hulk, they was like, we got to get rid of this, got to get rid of this problem. So they sent Hulk off into space, and he ended up on this planet where he's uh, viewed as some sort of savior uh, by the people, but there's like an overarching people that uh, rule over, so he's put into the gladiator pits, and he has to fight his way out and lead right. a revolution and all that stuff. So I don't know if they're, they're probably not going to go that far into it, but I like the vibe. Well, I did love that scene where they, you know, like they they, they build up to Thor's, you know, terrifying opponent in the uh, in the Coliseum, and it's Hulk, and he's like, yeah! <laughs> he's like, we're work friends! I, I thought that was great. No, that like, great. they're obviously having a very good time with this movie, and I think that's going to make it yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I love... Um, Chris Hemsworth when he's goofy, like, like <laughs> yeah, me too. He, you can just totally tell when he is enjoying like being goofy as all get out. And same for like Ghostbusters. Say what you will about that movie, I enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah. he, you could just feel the love he had for just playing this dumb goofball where he could just let loose and not have to be serious. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, you can absolutely tell. So, yep. So we'll we'll see how it all ends up and. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's a lot of... There's three Marvel movies this year. We got Guardians next week, uh, Spider-Man in the middle of summer, and then Thor right. at the end. So. I forgot about Spider-Man, yeah. yeah it's crazy. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I'm actually, I wasn't actually too happy with the last Spider-Man trailer just because they, it felt like they showed way too much. It did, didn't it? I totally agree with you. It's like they showed so much of that mm-hmm. movie. Way too much of it. So. Totally agree. I'm, I'm still excited for it, but at that trailer, I was like, I, I didn't see a warning like, hey, this is very spoiler heavy until after I'd already seen it because, oh, Spider-Man trailer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean, and I know like this is an, an unpopular opinion, but I, I'm just getting tired of the constant reboots of that franchise, and I had kind of gotten attached to the Andrew Garfield interpretation of that character, and I know I know why it's, it's not a good interpretation if you're a fan of the comics. I totally get that, but as someone who doesn't read the comics, I enjoyed those movies, and I'm like, I'm kind of missing him, but, you know, I know all the business stuff that went down i get you know the studios i totally get why i'm just like man i kind of wish they'd kept going with that but you know it is what it is yeah i 
I never got into Garfield that much. Yeah, I know a lot of people didn't. I know that's not a popular opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the news for this week. So we got a few topics here. And uh, first yeah. one is near and dear to your heart. The, <laughs> right? the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 has been rated in Korea and seems to include Mega Man 7 through 10. No sign of Mega Man and Base yet or any other game. Yeah. But we'll see. But let's. what are your, what are your thoughts, Ash? <laughs> Well, my thoughts first are what a strange way to find out about this if it's legit, and it appears to be legit because it's been rated. Uh, what a weird way to find out about it. Uh, and also, what a weirdly quick follow-up. Like, I mean, it's been barely a year since the original Legacy Collection came out on 3DS and about a year and a half since it came out on PS4 and Xbox One. That's a quick turnaround time, which tells me that it must have sold quite well mm-hmm. if they want you know, if they want to turn it around that much and get the rest of the games in a collection. I mean... Why would they do that if it didn't sell well? That is a good so point. that that gives me hope, you know. Yeah, and digital digital eclipse must have a pretty sizable team because this is coming yeah. right off the heels of Disney Afternoon. Like I was not expecting. Yeah, no, exactly. Anything after like if we're going to get another collection, I figure it's going to be another year and a half or something like that. And nope, if it's, it's if this is the case, if we're getting it very soon, or it's at least in the in the at the point that it's getting rated. So who knows? But hey, it's it's a good collection if only for this is another chance for people to get uh, Mega Man's 9 and 10. And if it has a physical release like the original Legacy Collection did, that's a constant way to always be able to play Mega Man 9 and 10. It's not just limited to the digital space of the last generation. Yeah, exactly. And, and even and just as much as 9 and 10, actually 8. Like Mega Man 8 is a difficult game to play these days unless you have generally have the the original hardware it appeared on i know it's on the playstation store but there it's eight has just been far less accessible in general than one through seven mm. uh but also nine and ten are also pretty hard to uh, to play as well unless you have like a, a wii or a ps3 or an xbox 360 so yeah no I'm, I'm really happy to see these games getting more exposure and you know say what you will a lot of people dump on seven and eight um, eight, I, I get to a point. I actually have gotten to a point where I appreciate eight for what it is, even even if it is like my least favorite like main Mega Man classic game. But seven, I will defend that game to the day I die. I think it's a great Super Nintendo platformer. I love those big, chunky, colorful sprites. You know, it's it, seven's a good game and a great game in my opinion. And then you have nine and ten, both of which are excellent. The only thing I'm wondering is how are they going to like I guess justify I, I assume charging the same price for legacy collection 2 if it only has these four games as they did <laughs> legacy collection 1 which had six games so i'm thinking they've got to get at least like mega man and base in there They're, like, at least get that in there you know one would think the, the only other thing i had a thought on them for that was those were six nes games this is an snes game a uh ps1 game and and any like two NES era esque games, so that might yeah. make it a little bigger. I'm I'm not sure right. how, exactly how that works. As far as Mega Man Seven, I always it, when I first played it, it felt so weird compared to like going uh-huh. to the classics. It's, I think it was just the huge sprites and the jumping felt very different for whatever reason. But after playing it a few yeah. times, I I agree. I don't think it I don't think it's a bad game at all. There's a lot of be- no. a, a lot of fun to be had with it. I don't think it's one of the best, but I, I think there's sure. definitely fun to be had, and I don't. I have some fond memories of eight because uh, PS One was when the era when I started getting into the 
Mega Man series with um, uh-huh. Mega Man Legends, Mega Man X4, and Mega Man 8. <laughs> so yeah. I, I rented Mega Man 8 back in the day and played it and enjoyed those awful, awful cutscenes. Uh, oh, that voice acting is just the best, oh, yeah, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember I, I got through, because um, 8's not a hard game at all, and I got mm-hmm. I got through up to the point of Wily Castle, except I could not beat that... Uh, it's hard. The, the, the sliding section. I, I knew exactly. That's mm. exactly where you're going. That everyone hates that. Mm. The first Wily stage in eight, they hate that part of it because the the, the sliding part is so difficult, mm. and it really is. Like that is. I've gotten better at it. Like oh, over I the years, too. of course, and now I'm pretty good at it. But as it, like when I first played that as a teenager, like that was the most unbelievably difficult segment. Even Frostman stage, actually, I remember having a lot of trouble uh-huh. with that same segment in Frostman stage for the longest time. Yeah, that made it really tricky. But I again, I had fond memories of it up to that point, just because I don't know. Is I like I like the look of eight. It looks how you would imagine Mega I Man do too. in that era with some really gorgeous two D sprites. Same with X four. Yeah. So no, I, I completely agree. And if you know, if and when you know, I'd like to say when, but if and when uh, Mega Man eleven ever does happen. I personally, you know, I, I do love the eight bit style for Mega Man, but I kind of want to see them do a, like a two and a half D kind of game with with current generation assets. Like I want to see, I, I want it to play better than eight did, but I want to see like a another two D fully animated Mega Man, but just one that plays better mm-hmm. than eight. Yeah, because I, I totally agree that it captured. Like, it, it looked like you were playing a Mega Man cartoon essentially, or Mega Man anime. It so perfectly captured what Mega Man looked like in that style. Yeah. I would love if like it'd be cool if they got a collaboration with the artist from the Mega Man comics, the Mega Man Archie comics and cuz I love the look that of Mega Man cool. in that. Like make him look like that in the game. That would look so good. <laughs> yeah, and and I got to say, you know, with Digital Eclipse doing such a great job getting uh, you know, getting some of those cool really fan targeted features in there for legacy collection one like being able to choose between the japanese and the the american or the uh, western versions of each mega man game i really hope they do stuff like that with this as well like let it get both the playstation and the saturn versions of eight Ooh. like i never got to play the saturn version of eight Ooh. and it has different music it has two extra bosses like a uh, cut man and i Woodman. forgot about that, that i want to cool. play that <laughs> Yeah, I never got to play it back in the back in the day. So give me that Saturn version of eight. That alone would. I mean, obviously, I'm going to buy it or <laughs> review it anyway. But that alone would justify a purchase for me because I never got to play the Saturn version of mm. eight. So yeah, like I hope they do like really hardcore fan stuff like that because otherwise, getting to play the Saturn version of eight is almost impossible. These oh days. yeah, it's it's you basically have to rely on emulation if you really want to try it. Uh, it yeah, it's it's crazy, but I would love. I wonder if they'll institute what the the feature they had in the Disney Afternoon Collection, where there was the, re, the rewind function, which yeah, I hope does so. make the game easier. And you know, it, I don't think it's necessary unless they decide unless they decide to include Mega Man and Base. If Mega Man and Base is yeah. in there, I want the <laughs> rewind function because that's the only way I'll ever be able to beat that game. <laughs> Mega Man and Base, like unless unless you know exactly what upgrades to go for first, Mega Man and Base can be brutally difficult, especially when you're playing as Mega Man. Like it's so clear, unfortunately, that that game was mostly designed around Base's abilities and not Mega Man's. Mm-hmm. That 
Like, it almost feels like like playing through as Mega Man. Well, it's funny, actually. It's generally harder, but there are the game is designed such that certain segments are unbelievably easy as a certain character while being brutally difficult as another <laughs> character. It's really yeah. weird. Like, the fact that Mega Man can shoot through walls gives him a massive advantage in some areas, but the fact that he can't shoot omnidirectionally gives him a major disadvantage in some areas. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it, I'd be interested in trying it out, but I've heard horror stories of the screen crunch of the Game Boy Advance version. Yeah, and yeah. Nope. <laughs> and that's the version yeah, they put no, on. Yeah, no, the Super Nintendo version better. That's the version they put on the Wii U Virtual Console. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hope that if they do, even yeah, if it doesn't get, it, it's not translated. That's okay. Just just give us a Super Famicom version. It doesn't need to be translated, but I'd rather have that version on it. Yeah, exactly. So, I yeah. hope so. so I mean, I'm excited for it, and I got to ask. I'm guessing the next Mega Man collection you'd want to see is an X collection from them. Of course. Yeah, an, an X collection or... Yeah, I mean, it's, I would like to see a Battle Network collection eventually, but I yeah, I, X collection would be the next thing I'd want to see. I see I, Especially from Digital Eclipse because they did such a great job with the emulation for Legacy Collection 1. Well, I would be excited for an X collection. That would be pretty cool. I want to see them... I'd love a Legends collection. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's the other thing. I mean, that's I would love that too. I mean, I guess it's hard to say because I mean, Le- Legends at least they've they've more recently made them easier to play by releasing them on the PlayStation True. Store. But they're still not that easy to play. And I mean, anything beyond X3 in the X series is also not easy to play. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like there there's a lot of value there for both ways. Yeah. I, X Collection, Legends Collection, either way. I'd be curious to see how they decided to handle the X series because X has the X series has a lot more ups and downs than the original series. That it does. I mean, I mean the the series basically falls off a cliff until eight after four. <laughs> like, I mean, five, five. Well, five's fine. Five is decent. It's kind of good, but like six <laughs> is trash, and seven is trash. Yeah. <laughs> and like seven and five, I go back and forth on. It's like it's it's okay, but it's not great by any means. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Yeah, like the, the quality of that series jumps off a cliff after four. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> See, to me, it should be like uh, Mega Man X collection goes from Mega Man X to one through five, and then the next collection yeah. should be zero. Just pick up where it left off. Screw it. It's, it's honestly, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I eight is good. If you can get through six and seven, eight is actually a pretty good game. I like it a lot. I, but I actually found wow. eight uh, X8 available, and I picked it up because I heard good things, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and play it since. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's good. It's really it's a great game, except for two stages that they force you to play 3D perspective, and mm. those two stages are trash. But everything else is 2D, and it feels great. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see what we'll see what Digital Eclipse does next. But it's I, I definitely have high hopes for this. I'd love to see them continue it, and I, I don't know how good they are at making new games. But wouldn't that be interesting if they decided like, okay, we got the Legacy Collection now, let's make Mega Man 11. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I I still believe that there's going to be a new Mega Man game at some point. Especially, again, if, I mean, the writing is on the wall to me, the fact that they're apparently making Legacy Collection 2 barely a year after the release of the first one, that tells me that there's a lot of demand. It sold really well. Mm -hmm. And who knows? There might be more of a push for X in the near future because, as you said, we did get a bit of a blowout for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, including its release date, which is September 19th, two days after my birthday, so not bad. (laughs) And nine days after my birthday, which is, I mean, it feels, to me, X being in the roster feels like a gift, so I'll take it. (laughs) Well, you got more than that, we we just found out. You got Sigma in the lineup as well, which was one of the things you were really hoping for. 
Yeah, because I feel like Sigma has always been one of those, like, he's ripe for a fighting game appearance. He has a beam sword. He's big and imposing. I feel like Sigma is one of those really popular Capcom villains that kind of has a, the same villainous factor as, like, M. Bison. But I'm, but he's never been in a fighting game, and it, it, he feels like he's just perfect for it. So I'm really glad Sigma's getting his due. And not only that, but he's part of the big bad. We, You know, the people who thought that the big villain was Ultron Sigma, well, we were all right. And it's Ultron Sigma, which is cool. <laughs> it makes sense, too. Like, just with them being robotic and how they work, especially yeah. how Sigma works, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and really cool. How do you feel about looking like Sigma is... DLC only though he's not like the only way you're gonna be able to play with play as him is if you get the DLC which they have already announced as part of their I believe collector's edition or something edition. right uh, not the $200 one but the $90 one where there are six more characters including Sigma from what I understand coming to the game right. afterwards so I mean, uh, you know, it's pretty, obviously yeah. I'm biased here. Like, I mean, a lot of people have asked me this on Twitter and they've been like, oh, you know, screw Capcom. They're so cheap and they're they're making Sigma DLC. Yeah, you're totally right. I can't argue with you there. But at the same time, this is like the first time in 20 years that Mega Man X fans have had any reason to be happy, period, <laughs> like for any reason. And I'm so I don't care. The, the Mega Man X fan in me is so excited about the fact that we're getting not only X and Sigma playable, but a whole, I mean... A whole story focus on these characters, which we haven't had in years. I, I will buy into that no matter what. I, I, I know what they're doing. I know it's shady. I know it's crappy that they're locking Sigma behind DLC. Still don't care. I will buy it. I gotta. It's Mega Man X. After all these years, I can be excited again. I, I can't pass that up. I don't mm-hmm. care. So I gotta ask, are you gonna get the $90 <laughs> edition so you can get all the DLC, including Sigma, which is probably the one I'm gonna purchase, or mm-hmm. are you getting the $200 edition so Ugh. you can get the Mega Man statue? <laughs> don't ask me that right now. And not only that with the with the uh, the $80 one, but you also get that Command Mission X mm-hmm. uh, DLC costume, which, oh my god, they remembered Command Mission X. <laughs> like, he has such a cool costume no, and I, scarf. And- no, I, I've, I've never played uh, Command Mission, but... I've always liked his look in that game. It was like, that should be Me his too. new look. I love that. It makes him stand out. It was out. such a cool... No, I totally... It made it gave X a completely refreshed new look, and I so, I'm so i so happy they remembered that design. Mm. And um, no, as for which one I'm going to get, uh, I mean, obvious, I'm absolutely at least getting the $90 or whatever, $80 one. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> as for the $200 one, I what I might do is I actually might get it and just resell parts of it. Like, I... I know you Marvel fans out here out there are going to hate me for this, but I don't care about having that box of Infinity Stones. So I might just buy the $200 one and then just try to subsidize some of that by selling back the Infinity Stones. And I'm sorry, guys, but selling like the Iron Man and Captain Marvel statues, I might keep, and even Chun-Li, I might just keep the X statue. I don't even need a Chun-Li statue. I might, I know they interlock. I know X and Iron Man going to get go together. And I may even keep X and Iron Man for that reason. Like, I like Iron Man. I like Tony Stark. He's cool. And I love the idea of them fighting because they're both obviously like, you know, robotic. So in a way, Mm -hmm. so like, yeah, I will probably keep the X and Iron Man statues and then just resell the Infinity Stones and the Chun-Li and Captain Marvel statues. (laughs) I could see I could see you doing that. The only question is, is somebody else like you where they don't care about X, but they definitely want to get the rest. Or are people going to be like, ah, you don't have the complete set. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there may be somebody. I mean, I feel like there are enough hardcore Marvel and Street Fighter fans out there that might want those specific characters. That I feel like I will be able to find someone mm. who would want it. You know, sense. especially the Infinity Stones. Maybe not like Captain Marvel and Chun Li statues, but 
the Infinity Stones, there's so many hardcore Marvel fans out there, I feel like I'd be able to sell those. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. And you know, I haven't looked at the gameplay too much, but I, it looks fine from what I've seen. And the, the stones, like I've only seen the Space Stone in action. action and it's definitely interesting how you use that kind of thing and right, change yeah. it up. So I, 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 it has my attention. And uh, the characters they've announced so far are your typical ones that you'd expect, like Hulk, right. Thor, Captain mm-hmm. America, uh, Rocket, Chris Rad- Redfield. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon, Chris Redfield, Chun-Li, uh, I forget who else uh, is in there. Well, the other new character besides X so far is Ultron, who really does look cool. Yeah, Ultron looks fun. Uh, he could yeah. be pretty cool to use. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a good lineup so far. I, I do get a real big laugh out of that moment where uh, Ultron is kicking the crap out of Thor, and Chris Redfield shoots him with his pistol, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that it's not just Thor. I think that was right after he had like kicked X to the ground too, and then like he's just like you know basically going to town on all the heroes, and then Chris just plink <laughs> with his little bullet. It's great. <laughs> I, I but he's b- broken boulders before, so who knows? Maybe he could take them. Yeah, punch boulders. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Uh, although I will say, I have one. I've already read a few previews of MVC of MVC Infinite, and I, I don't know. I can't say exactly which ones committed this grave sin for me, but I have read one too many MVC Infinite previews already. Who have who have stated that? Well, the roster's okay, but the only new character so far is Ultron. Like, how boring! Mega Man is an X. <laughs> Zero is an X. X is not. He's a. He's never been in a Mega, in an MVC game. Stop saying that. That drives me crazy. Like, so many previews have been like, oh well, you know, Mega Man's back. He was, you know, after a, a one game absence, he's finally back. No. That's not the same character. Stop it! Stop saying that. <laughs> we haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen how he plays. So it would be. Wouldn't that be a kick in the teeth if he if he plays like <laughs> Mega Man from? Uh, oh my God! Captain Two. <laughs> I know. No, I've seen at least. I, I've heard from some previews. So one of his supers uses his X One armor, and then I think he uses his Ultimate armor in another super. So. And I haven't seen that, so I just I can't wait to see more X gameplay. Like I'm gonna have to take some time at E3 to go play a few matches as X. I have to. Mm-hmm. So who's your like as of right now? Who's your partner for X? Um, man, I guess right now it would probably be I don't know. I'd have to look at the roster, you know, like side by side. Mm-hmm. But I guess it would be. I mean, Ultron looks really cool. Mm. Story-wise, it makes no sense to have <laughs> well, them team up, but Ultron looks really yeah, cool. that's true, too. Or you can have them team up with Sigma, which, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, see, so yeah, now I, I, I'm in it release. Yeah, yeah it once release. Sigma's out, I'd have X and Sigma, but now, if they bring Zero back, I mean, you, I've talked about this. If, if, they don't, if he doesn't come back, I'm fine with that because Zero's had way more than enough time in the spotlight. But if he does, I will never, ever run a team besides <laughs> X and Zero. Like, I... That that is every fanboy dream I've had as a kid. Like being able to play as a team of X and Zero in a fighting game. Done. I I will be terrible at the game. I don't care. I'm still going to play that team and probably only that team. Yeah, I can see that. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what new characters they're going to introduce. I'm personally my crazy out there character that I really hope gets in, and I've said this many times before. Squirrel Girl, just because. Oh she's yeah, so out there. And I think for a game like this, go out there, you know, screw it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just go, yeah, go the, for it. The one other Capcom character that I'm really hoping uh, this would be a return in this case is Amaterasu, of course. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a team of X and Amaterasu because Okami, I love Okami. <laughs> so that would be, I think, my, you know, outside of Zero and Sigma, I think my ideal Capcom character to pair up with X would be Amaterasu. Mm-hmm. So Capcom, 
Bring her back. We want Annie back. <laughs> That's your new uh, rush. <laughs> Organic rush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give give Amaterasu a rush costume. Hell yeah, <laughs> that would be, be amazing. All about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, you oh. know, Sigma has a dog too. Give uh, give Amy a Velgarder costume. Oh yeah. There you go. Well, go all out. We might as well give uh, the bass's dog uh, treble. <laughs> <laughs> treble. Yeah. There you go. Nice. There we go. All right. Well, continuing on, uh, Nintendo, along with all their financial stuff, uh, announced once again uh, announced that once again they will not be holding a traditional E3 press conference. And details on what they're actually going to do is going to come at a later date. And if you're surprised by this, you really shouldn't be. There is no yeah. way that Nintendo is going to hold a traditional press conference. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Especially because, to me. I, what they've done these past few years works almost better because, you know, it doesn't yeah. change anything, uh, whether or not it's a press conference or a direct type thing for the people at home because they can't watch it otherwise. And honestly, it sometimes runs better because there's no issues or anything like that or they can do crazy right. skits or whatever. Don't have to worry about issues as far as that's concerned. Uh, it's also bias on my part, but it's a lot easier to cover on our, for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah. And then in addition, if they, I, I'd be shocked if they don't have the treehouse there once again to have coverage throughout the show floor and just constantly show people footage of these games and keep them... They totally yeah. will. It just keeps Nintendo on people's mind throughout the rest of the conference. Yeah, throughout the rest of E3. It makes sense to do yeah. that so much. I mean, Nintendo's being coy and being like, you know, we're going to announce our plans at a later date. I, I will announce their plans for you right now. They're going to have a direct <laughs> and they're going to have Treehouse Live. And that's what it's going to mm. be. That's what they do. And they're going to have their booth. And it's not no secret. Like, I mean, and I think they've said they're going to have a Splatoon 2 tournament at E3. And that's cool. They're going to highlight Splatoon 2. But, like, I don't expect anything beyond the usual direct presentation or whatever they want to call it. The live whatever. And then, you know, their Treehouse Live stuff. That's kind of what I expect. And I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, it works fine we've i mean we're kind of used to it by now it, it, it really works out for us because we cover what they show get a quick impressions while we're standing in line go play and get a bunch of footage and then we're all we're on the sh uh, floor running the only thing is that we might have to with the treehouse constantly going <laughs> um uh might have to take shifts about who covers it and gets the new announcements right. and stuff, depending on how they treat it. Because if they're just going to talk about the stuff that's on the show floor, then we don't have to worry about it as much. Um, especially right. since uh, you know we can actually play it ourselves and get our footage and all that stuff. But if it's like last year with Zelda and hey, here are these other games, you can't play them, but here are these other games, then we definitely yeah. have to stick around and be able to cover them. Well, I am I am a full supporter of the ha of the free Derek hashtag, so I am I am absolutely going to push super hard for you not to be the only one just <laughs> hanging back in the uh, the media room and not actually going out and playing anything like last yeah. year. So I mean, at the very yeah. least, as long as I get to play uh, Mario, because I'd be shocked if that's not right. there, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. And no, yeah, there you go. They're like there are always those few games you just really want to try to mm -hmm. hit. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I personally think Fire Emblem Warriors is going to be there as well. So uh, Andre's probably going to want to have me play that one. <laughs> oh, definitely. And God, if Smash is there, you know I'm going to have to play that. Oh, yeah. So if they, if they announce, or they, you know, I feel, I feel like they'll probably announce Smash, but I don't know if they would have it there. Yeah. So I, I, that might I, don't, matter. I can't really, I can't see them having it there. I feel like they would be focusing yeah. a lot more on huh. brand new stuff. 
And, and Splatoon. Splatoon seems to be like the big darling they're going to have there, like really pushing Splatoon mm. 2. They might have a little bit there for ARMS as well because ARMS comes out so soon afterwards, but it's really hard to yeah. tell. Like, I'm not sure how yeah. much. Yeah, they'll probably have a station for it, but it, I doubt it'll be like a major focus. Yeah, I, I, have, a feeling, I have a feeling you're probably right. Um, yeah. Going along that, though, uh, at least as far as Nintendo, uh, we already talked about how the new 2DS XL was announced yesterday, uh, last time, and we already had a discussion for it, so there's not a, a whole lot we can say other than the fact that we are fools, or, or at least missed out on the fact that there, there's a uh, nice little diagram pointing out where everything was after we did our discussion. <laughs> so, Well, was that out at the time that we did our discussion? I, it I don't think it, it was. Well, it wasn't out before we did our discussion. It might have come out okay. while we were doing our discussion. Okay, well, I mean... At least I somehow, again, I don't know how I called this, but I, I somehow thought that maybe that thing in the middle on the hinge might be a camera. And the only reason I thought that was because I was watching the, the trailer while we were discussing, and I was like, wait, that one little angle looks like the the, the surface of that thing is reflected. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a lens. And I almost didn't even bring it up because it sounded so silly. And lo and, <laughs> lo behold, and behold, it actually was. Yeah, go yeah. figure. And then the speakers are at the bottom, uh, and... You know, stick out uh, just our little holes. So really should have seen that. But, you know, I'm still used to just nonsensical holes being there for whatever reason. Like, like yeah, a, I know like a strap mean. for putting a like uh, for yeah. Japanese students have like a little charms on there hanging off their DSs or something like that. Totally. Uh, so that's why it didn't ever cross my mind. Uh, and it turns out there's a camera on the back as well. But instead of being on the top, like the new 3DS XL, uh, it's on the bottom side so it really seems like this time around there's nothing on the top except for the screen everything is condensed onto the bottom screen or the bottom half i should say should say interesting yeah Yeah. which is different but that's actually not the whole uh news that we want to talk about uh the news we want to talk about is reggie uh quoting to ign that he uh, he says we will certainly be announcing new titles for the 3ds platform and we'll do that continuously some things that will be announced at e3 and there will be some that we announce after e3 it all depends on uh when they feel the timing is best so once again we're doubling down here on 3ds is not dead yet yeah you know the messaging seems to be consistent i mean we can be as doubtful as we want and it may end up being that the support isn't there anymore after the switch and people are just not the buying power isn't there and they and 3ds fades off into the sunset but so far nintendo does seem to be making good on their you know on their prom i don't know if i want to say their promise but their dedication to keeping the 3ds around post switch mm-hmm. yeah it, it seems like that i mean it, it right now it seems like they could keep supporting the 3ds well into 2018 and yeah and i mean i'm i'm okay with that Totally. I, I, I will admit that as, you know, as much of a proponent of the 3DS as I've been, I love the 3DS, and I, I used to spend a ton of time playing my 3DS. I have to say, I have not, like, as, as soon as the Switch came out, it wasn't intentional, but my 3DS time has dropped to almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I barely even look at my 3DS now, and I feel bad because there are still so many great games to play on it, and I'm still in the middle of Pokemon Moon, but I just, like... I would. I have other stuff to play on Switch, and that just comes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I mean, I'll be definitely playing the 3DS more uh, once uh, Fire Emblem Fates comes out. That's definitely going to be drawing me back into it. Oh, you mean uh, Fire? Emblem. Oh, Echoes. Sorry, I don't know why I said yeah. Fates. Uh, <laughs> so many Fire Emblems. Uh, but yes, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes comes out. As I, I am really looking forward to that. It's looking like a uh, excellent remake. 
uh, and beyond that, we know there's going to be uh, Ever Oasis and Hey Pikmin and Metopia and all that stuff. Uh, but we also have this multiplayer action game for Kirby's 25th anniversary. And I'm right. sure I, it seems odd, but I can almost see them waiting till then to show off Kirby on that. Uh, Kirby on the 3DS there. Or maybe it'll be something yeah. else completely different. It's hard to say because Ever Oasis was announced last E3 and... I wouldn't call that the biggest title, so I'm, I'm curious like how big these 3DS games will be. I don't think they're going to be yeah. blockbusters in all all the cases. I don't either. But, yeah, Ever Oasis. I just I I don't know about that. I I have I'm having a hard time. Like I know I should be excited about the pedigree. Like I think it, like a Secret of Mana guy or developers working on it. I can't quite remember right now, but nothing I've seen about that game tickles my fancy at all. Like it just doesn't. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't. It. <sighs> There's nothing offensive about it, but there's also nothing right. really drawing me in. It looks like yeah. it's a type of game that we've kind of seen on the 3DS quite a few times before. Exactly. It just doesn't really do anything to stand out from the crowd at all, and that's okay, but I just I, I have so many games kind of competing for my time and my gaming capital, I guess, <laughs> that you've got to stand out at least a little mm. bit for me to, like, you know, spend that much time on you, mm. you know? Yeah. Actually... I wonder if they. I wonder if they would announce. Uh, they would announce Dragon Quest Eleven on the 3DS E3. That would be big. It's possible. Yeah, that'd be something. That would be huge. That'd be something if only the 3DS version came out in the states. <laughs> I that couldn't happen. It would have to. No, they can't. Do I, that. It's hard to say. I mean, unless Square, as far as publishing uh, of Dragon Quest games. At least on the 3DS, it's always been published by Nintendo, or at least help, they've helped them get Squ- uh, Square Enix to put them out here. That's the way it was for 7. Right. It was the way That's it was, point. was for 8. So it would make sense yeah. to be the same way for 11. And, I mean, it might be sort of a separate thing to help them out and while Square Enix does its own thing for the PS4 version. Hard to say, or maybe even the Switch version. Actually, that would be something if the Switch version got announced for the U.S., but not the PS, but not the PS4. I can't see that happening at all, unless Nintendo. I don't see that unless happening. Nintendo was really helping them get it out there. I cannot see that, but that would be whew, what I mean. Not a huge get, but kind of instrumental. Like just you know, actually, if anything, I'm, I'm actually seeing the opposite uh, being possible, which is you know, unless Nintendo really pushes for it, Square might not see, you know, there, there's that much confidence in the 3DS this late stage in the game, and they might only bring the Switch and PS4 versions here, with three, with Nintendo really having, you know, basically having to publish the 3DS version if they want it hmm. in, in the U.S. That, I could see that being the, being the scenario. Yeah, I, I really could go either way. I, I'm curious which sold better in the grand scheme, Dragon Quest 7 VII and Eight on the 3DS, or Dragon Quest Builders and the Heroes games on PS4. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. So. It, yeah, it's hard to say. In Japan, I would hmm. say the 3DS games easily. Oh, but yeah. here, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's really up in the air, but it's... I, I think there's definitely stuff that they can still announce and hopefully keep us excited, do something with them. Who really knows? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I would not expect huge games on the 3DS, that's for sure. No, no, I, I think that's probably, I mean, there's still, I guess, the, the great Ace Attorney 2, but that's Japan only. Mm. So I think, I feel like the, 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 the 3DS's biggest days are behind yeah. it. Yeah. For, for sure. While us getting the great Ace Attorney games would be amazing, because those are actually being, those are actually done by the original creator. So that's right. a huge reason for people wanting the games to come out over here. 
uh, just right. because of that. Um, but there's also at least maybe we'll get some information on Lady Layton, but I can't see that happening. Or as I guess it's Layton, Layton's Mystery Files now or something to that degree. But I'm excited for that right. game, but that's not a huge title, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if, if there's any if there's any game that I feel I could single-handedly give the 3DS a new lease on life, it's the one game we haven't talked about in our remaining news items. Oh, yeah? Go ahead. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, you want yeah, me to do it? Yeah, right. You're the one that teased it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Night Trap 25th Anniversary is being released, <laughs> which I can't even believe I just read that headline. <laughs> what? Why, why is Night Trap, of all games, being brought back? Did anyone ask for this? I don't know if anybody asked for it, but I will say I've seen a, quite a few people excited, if only for game preservation. I think yeah, a lot of, no, it's and true. And they did say it's they are going to have a physical release, but it's going to be extremely limited uh, be, well, well, because yeah. of that. And it, I think it's getting a digital release otherwise and all that. But, yeah, I've never played Night Trap. I've seen it, and I've seen it played. It looks <laughs> yeah. like... The way you have to what what you have to do to keep on it, like you can't watch any scene because you have to be constantly flipping cameras to get the exact right timing to catch all the criminal criminals and just stay on the ball. And if you know what you're doing, I think it's maybe a half hour long, maybe forty five minutes. So it's yeah. not a long game. It's all about that repetition and learning who shows up where and being able to do it in one go. And oh my goodness, <laughs> it's. It, it kind of reminds me of when they release Matt or re-release Mad Dog McCree. It's like it's oh, like the yeah. kind of thing where it, you just remember it's just remembering where all the you know everyone pops up and being able to shoot them quickly enough. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it, the actual game itself is like thirty minutes long if you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's true from a, from a game preservation standpoint. I'm glad this is being released. I never got to play it back in the day. Um, it's funny, like I, my, my parents were generally pretty liberal with what they let me play because I was a pretty well-adjusted kid. I was, you know, mature for my age, but like I, I played Mortal Kombat, I played all that stuff, but Night Trap was, was one they would just not let me play. And looking at me, I totally get why in the context of the time. I totally get it. Looking back, it's funny because it was actually very tame. Oh, it's there extremely was nothing tame. The gr- so tame. The girls, like, maybe their midriffs are showing and nothing violent yeah. ever happens to them. They just sort of get pulled away i think or something yeah like i think so too and the way you take care of the the, the invaders which why in dear why in god's name are there over 50 guys invading this one house <laughs> <laughs> i know um it's just like these madcap traps like it's not it's not serious whatsoever it's very no, and i think even the invaders they're i think they're vampires i think the the invaders are vampires oh and that which which makes it even more schlocky which is you know yeah, I, I totally. It's a product of its time, and I I'm I'm curious to see. I don't know. I guess I'm curious to see how well it does. If if that many people are excited to be able to own Night Trap again, mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it's definitely funny, and it's it's one of those things. If you're old enough, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. I might have to just check this out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be like if they re-release Sewer Shark or something. Like, oh god, it's just so right. Yeah, I mean, but hey, you know, if if any game can can give the 3ds another year of life, it's Night oh Trap. totally because I right. that'll. Yeah, totally look amazing on the 3ds. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Oh man. I you know there has been a sort of a resurgence of um what's the what's the term the uh, the live action games. I've oh like uh, full motion full video mo- yeah, games. FMV games like FMV games. Yeah, yeah, there has been kind of a resurgence in them, I and just in limited factors here and there. Uh, the one that comes up the most that I've seen uh, and I've actually watched a playthrough of it is uh, Contradiction. 
Have you heard of this game? Oh, I've heard of it, but I haven't oh seen it. Oh my gosh, I I almost feel like I should buy the game just to give through a little bit of support in there because uh, I watched this. I watched somebody play through of it, do a playthrough of it. And it's it's an adventure game, so there's no variations. But the main actor is so amazing. Like, just in how he does. He has these crazy eyes that he gives, and it's part of the performance. And he does, have you seen this? And he just whips out the the evidence and all that stuff. And it just gets over the top. And how he, like, hmm, there's a guy that that left this uh, padlock unopened. Well, I'll just go in and take his flashlight, because for some reason I didn't bring my own flashlight, so I can use it in this other, other ways. It's cheesy but it's also kind of amazing because some of the performance really performances kind of pull you in like i think they got one guy from blake seven which i've never seen the show i've only heard it referenced it's an old british uh, sci-fi show kind of from uh, uh the same era of doctor who and uh-huh. this dude is intimidating as hell like yeah like it's an fmv game but he is giving it his all and just like just exuding this confidence just looks like I really don't want to mess with this guy. I think he's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, that's that's awesome. I yeah, I, it kind of reminds me of games like. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I've had very limited exposure to PC gaming growing up, but like we play FMV games like uh, 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 what's it called the Seventh Guest, oh, the Seventh I've heard Guest, of that. and uh, and Mist and things like that. Which Mist is mostly point and click, but there are FMV performances peppered throughout, and they're so cheesy and they're so. <laughs> It is very much a relic of that era of gaming specifically. Mm-hmm. I remember my my exposure to FMV games was was the Command Conquer series on PC. Oh yeah, and I got really into those. Like just I I, I dug into them and I, I love the acting and I still one of my favorite openings to a game ever is still um, Red Alert and uh, is it, no I think is it, it's either Red Alert or Red Alert Two, but Red the Red Alert series has that. You know that uh, the Hell's March. I know totally. The what Hell's you're March. About. Yeah. Yes, the Hell's March yeah. is such a good song and just pumps you the hell up for whatever uh-huh. goes next. And I dug it. I, I got. I followed the Command and Conquer series up until um, uh, oh Generals, which went off in its own direction. Direction. Kind of main series stepped away from the FMV and the storyline. It was like, eh, it's not for me. They they did come back by with Red Alert three and a few others, but I, by that point I had moved on. So it's a shame. But yeah, I there's something endearing about these cheesy FMV games. So if it brings more of them back, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, there's there's something. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. It's endearing. It's cheesy in an endearing way, and yeah, I, I like that these games are kind of having a second time to shine in their own way, I guess. <laughs> That's true. I mean, hey, Mark Hamill did act in the uh, the Wing Commander games. so He did. Very true. Something. <laughs> uh, well, that covers for our news topics this week. We actually got really involved with more, them more than I thought. We sure did. Uh, That's yeah. funny. But anyway, let's go ahead and get to our uh, topics this week. And uh, as always, if you're just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon to uh, get these podcasts three days early every Friday. A little late this week, but forgive us. Sorry. (laughs) It's just lots of stuff going on. And as well, uh, offer up topics like the ones we have uh, right here. So, Ash, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first today. I think it's been a little while. So uh, my topic today comes from Christian Skipper 
who asks, uh, what is our take on playing games on portable devices in public spaces? For examples, cafes, restaurants, etc. So thank you for your question, uh, Christian. And this is an easy answer for me. I am such a shameless nerd that I will pretty much play anywhere. I have a long history of bringing out my 3DS or my DS Lite or my uh, my GBASP or you know now my 3DS and now my Switch out really anywhere. Um, of course, to a point. Like if I'm out to if I'm out at dinner with friends, I'm not going to sit there playing you know my Switch or whatever. But if I'm in a Starbucks, you know whatever, taking a break from work or even just waiting for somebody, yeah, I have absolutely zero qualms about people seeing me play you know my my neon red and blue switch in public because what what do i care you know it's like yeah i get some weird looks i'll admit it i've gotten some weird looks maybe some judgy glances but the amount of you know craps i give is <laughs> literally zero and i just don't care and yeah i, I it, it of course it, it's all in a social context if i'm there with other people you know and, and i'm engaged of course i'm not going to do that you know, maybe in a restaurant I wouldn't, depending if you know if I'm sitting there by myself. That might be a little strange, but even then, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. yeah I play in the post office. Yeah, <laughs> it, I'm. I, I really, I'm fine with it. What, what do you think, there? I the thing is, I don't get as out as much as you. I don't go to coffee shops to do work ah, and right. stuff like that, so I don't have the opportunity to do it that often. But on, honestly, I don't really bring it out with me anyway, because usually I. I, I want to be more involved with the game, and I, I feel like I can't concentrate on the game as much when I'm in a public space like that. I, I just have right. trouble uh, focusing, and I, I try. I've, I've tried like um, cell phone games and stuff like that, and they they, they help a little mm-hmm. bit. But again, it's not again that that's just a fact of too little engagement most of the time for me, so I don't bother with it. So a lot of the time, right. I just check Twitter or go to various websites. But again, I don't go out as much as you and uh, do that sort of thing. But I'm trying to think if I ever if I ever did that at any point where I just brought up my 3DS. Maybe more as a kid, but as I got older, I definitely didn't as much. But I also, I mainly play my <laughs> portable systems at home where I can enjoy them mm-hmm. and just uh, suck them up because a lot of them are story base it really depends on the game like i'm not going to play an rpg on public but i'd be i I really don't see anything wrong with me playing like 3d land uh super mario 3d land Uh um you know it's but more more often than not when i'm playing something on the 3ds anymore it is an rpg or something a little bit more involved that's not these quick play things so i'm not really the best to answer that one but i i i don't think there should be any shame in it it's like as you said, it's like yeah. whatever that's that's on them, and as long as it's you know you're on your own. Like if I went to a restaurant or something like that, like a like a little diner or Starbucks or whatever, I might break it out and play something like te- Tetris or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and touching on the enjoyment factor, like there there are I typically will only play if I can use my headphones. Like 100, I will never bring out a portable device in a public place and with the volume. Oh, God, no. I think that's just incredibly rude. And not just because it's a video game. Like, I can't stand it when people watch videos on their phone with the volume on max. I just think it's really rude to other people. So both for my own enjoyment and both for, you know, other people, I always play with my headphones on or, you know, on silent. But generally, I'll just play with my headphones because I don't want to play games on silent. You know, that's just, I don't find that fun. So, you know, I'll typically, I might play a different kind of game depending on how well, you know, 
if there's a lot of ambient noise where I am and I can't hear the game very well, I wouldn't play an RPG. But if I'm in a really quiet place and I can hear the music, I'd really have no qualms of, uh, with playing something like I Am Setsuna. And even I actually I did while I was in Japan. Um, you know, I would play on the plane. On the, on, on the flight back, I played Zelda and I Am Setsuna, and it was a quiet flight, so I could hear stuff, and it was fine. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it, I guess the kinds of games I play vary by how well I can hear them, and, you know, by, you know, how well I can get immersed into them, but in general, I'll always use headphones, I'll never have the sound out for people, other people to hear, but, yeah, I have no shame in it, <laughs> I'm not embarrassed of, of being a nerd in public, and... To me, I see it, I honestly see it as the same thing as people playing games on their phones. I know it's more socially acceptable because it's a phone and it's more normalized, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, I see it as the same as playing on your phone or whatever. Yeah. I, on planes, I don't, I, I've used 3DS or whatever on planes. Like, I don't specifically uh-huh. buy a book or anything like that. Like, no, I'll bring my games and that's my time to sit down and just try to make the time pass as fast as possible. Because usually when I'm on a plane, it's to LA for E3. So yeah. that's a long flight. So that's just, let's pass the time. <laughs> so. Well, you know, and, and really, even in the best case scenarios, doing, you know, bringing out a, a portable in a public place has led to new meetings or new conversations that I wouldn't have had because sometimes people will take interest. I mean, on my flight to Japan, I brought out my Switch and the, there was a kid sitting next to me and he lit up and, and it was it was a Japanese kid and his dad and they were, you know, they were speaking Japanese together. But I, I kept hearing them say, oh, Nintendo Switch. So I knew they were talking about me. And I, what I got from the conversation was that the kid really wanted one and he'd wanted one since launch and the dad was like you know oh it's really cool and and, you know you're gonna get one but just be patient and they were just really excited and i offered to have him play it so we played it for a bit and and uh you know so that wouldn't have happened Mm -hmm. had i not brought that out and so in the best cases it can lead to new meetings and, and and meeting new people and having you know selling people on a switch or at least talking to someone about video games that you might not have otherwise talked to. So mm-hmm. I think that's always cool. Yeah, and I love engagements like that when you see little kids just get really excited and their eyes light up and they oh yeah, just get into it. It's like, cause it reminds me of when I was a kid because I would totally be that kid. Be excited! I was like, oh my oh, gosh, me too. That, that game, I want to play. <laughs> and I and I totally, by the way, like I you know, would never admit it, but I, like I like publicly, but secretly to myself, I love being the cool guy on the planes. <laughs> you know, who the kid got to sit next to the cool guy who had a switch. Like I love being that guy. <laughs> so that you know, it's always cool when you can like get people into something just by virtue of playing it in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. So that, that's that's always fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, for my topic, I got I chose one from Braden uh, Kalk, I want to say, or Kalki, one of the two. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Uh, he says, what other remakes in the style of Wonder Boy flipping between 8-bit and HD would you like to see? I personally would love to see Zelda 2 or Yoshi's Island. And uh, I, I was attracted to this one right away because here's the thing. The, guy, the developers between Wonder Boy had some sort of interview or made some sort of comment where they said they would love to work on a remake in the same style of Wonder Boy for the original Legend of Zelda. And when I heard that, I'm like, yes, I need it. Yeah. I need it. Do it. <laughs> I want it so bad. I was going to say A Link to the Past. Yeah. Mm. I, I See, the thing is, I when I think of their style, I mean, it'd be cool to see it redrawn and look like that. But uh, uh-huh. I, I like that big jump from Wonder Boy where they have this free reign to make true. Your imaginations. So, like, for your example of uh, Link to the Past or Brayden's example of Yoshi's Island, I don't think they think those fit as well because the sprites already look pretty good. You can make them look better, of course, but I don't think it's going to be the uh, big as big an impact. Although, I guess the style does count for something, just having it hand-drawn like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it does. I, I, I feel like there is still a difference to be had there, but I agree that there is a much bigger jump between, you know, Master System sprites like Wonder Boy and, and hand-drawn than there is between Super Nintendo and hand-drawn. So I think there's definitely still a quality jump there, but it isn't quite as drastic. So, yeah, my other answer, man, see, my other answer is also a Super Nintendo game, which was Illusion of Gaia. <laughs> um, but that would never happen because it's the middle game in a mostly forgotten trilogy. But... Oh, man, beyond Illusion of Guy, I'm trying to think of like an NES game. I mean, the obviously the easy answer for me would be like Mega Man, but that's mm-hmm. like a played out <laughs> answer and that's obvious. So I'm trying to think of what else would be good. Um, well, we kind of got it in the form man. of Way Forward and uh, the DuckTales remaster yeah? in a way. That's true, actually. Yeah, DuckTales would have probably would have been a big answer of mine. And really, yeah, so DuckTales would have been a, a big answer. Um, there, there, you know, there was a really cool, I don't know the name, name of the game in Jap in Japan, but it's a different game or a different name, but there was a game I played on the NES, a cool platformer called Kiwi Craze. And I always liked that game and it's completely, it has a completely different name in Japan, but it's a really solid platformer and that's, it's got kind of a weird whimsical look to it. And that's the kind of game that I could see like having a cool hand-drawn update. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know who owns the rights to that game. It would never happen, but a game like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Like, go YouTube it and you'd see what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, that'd be fun. Uh, I'm trying to think what other games would work with that style. Like, uh, Star Tropics kind of comes to mind. That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, Star Tropics. And, you know, I just thought of one uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the oh, arcade game. Oh, that would look so good. That would look, or the Manhattan Project, either mm-hmm. one. Really, honestly, all of them. I mean, the original TMNT wasn't a very good game, but like. Two and three, like getting hand drawn, yeah, getting the turtles hand drawn and shredder, and I think that would be really. Oh, that cool. would be awesome. That would be yeah. Ah, uh, would be so cool to see, especially going back and forth like that and seeing how it changes, <laughs> especially because one has Pizza Hut advertisements, the other one does not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And oh man, the the original Tiny Toons game, I love oh, that yeah. game. Uh, Tiny Toons for NES, that would be cool to see. That was really good in a style like that. Oh man, yeah. I mean, just any of those old show uh, tv show ones like uh darkwing duck and um yeah uh, duck and chippendales it's so cool to be able to see them in their original styles bring back the voice actors do all that like they did with ducktales um but man i i think also like the the wonder boy could really capture the uh, the flavor of uh metroid or even oh original kid icarus that's changing it from Metro to That's original true. Kid Icarus, an update to that. That would be interesting. Original Kid Icarus, that would be sweet. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, lo, the uh, Lolo, like the oh, Adventures I of Lolo love series. The Adventures that of would Lolo. look good. Yeah, that would be a great update in that style, I think. Uh, that would, yeah, I'd totally go for that. I love that game. Uh, it's yeah. so good. But yeah, I could, I, I'd be cool to see a kidified version of the new uh, pit running around in the classic Kid Icarus style and then going back and forth between this, that the old one and like a new one. I actually really like that idea that the more I think of it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all about that. I think that would be really cool. Yep. So uh, I, these guys need to do more more stuff like this. I'm looking I'm actually like even though I haven't played a bit of Wonder Boy, I can't wait to see what they do next. They're, they're, I'm really impressed with what I've played so far and I still can't believe like that this game feels like it came out of nowhere and, and the animation and and just the hand-drawn graphics are so good mm-hmm. there's and i've never heard of this studio before it's not like you know they're known for doing this stuff i have never heard of that studio and they're this is their first game that i've heard of and it's just they've done it's so polished and it's so professionally animated and, and drawn mm-hmm. it looks so good it's it's 
it'd be nice if we could get another way forward on our hands because way forward is also very good. Like they're the ones that did duck. Yeah, they, they are. did uh, double dragon neon, which was a nice update of an old uh, classic and just more like that. Or uh, they did a boy and his blob on his blob. Uh, yeah. Kind of update. Like, yeah, get more of these guys doing this type of stuff, please. Cause God, I love that animation style. Yeah, I mean, they even updated their own old-school sprites in Shantae Half-Genie Hero, and that looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a beautiful game. So, yeah, no, WayForward is so good at that. <laughs> so, hopefully hopefully we'll see more of these guys. I really, I think Wonder Boy is doing pretty well. I'm not sure. Uh, I actually I did. I actually think it's number is, yeah, one on the eShop this is it week. A, is that the U.S. eShop or the U.K. eShop or, I guess, EU eShop? I don't remember, but I think prior to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it was the number hmm. one. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually... Yeah. I, I think I saw that somewhere, too, where it was up high. So it looks like it's getting yeah. some attention, which is very good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really happy it is. And, and just in general, it seems like... These kinds of, you know, potentially limited interest games have been getting a lot of exposure on the Switch eShops. That's really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see what they do next, but my fingers are crossed for, well, I'll keep it, I'm open to anything, but Tinkerous yeah. Legend of Zelda, those are my big hopes. <laughs> there you go. So, well, we also have some combined topics here, uh, as usual, and uh, first up, these are just kind of on the shorter end, uh, first up is A Link Between Times, who says... I'm considering getting a PS4 soon, so I figured along with getting it, I could I could start on Kingdom Hearts. The problem is, with all the sequels and prequels and remakes, I have no idea where to start. So my question is, what is the ideal way to way to progress through the Kingdom Hearts series? Keep on being awesome, guys. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you. you're in good shape. Like, you're giving a PS4, <laughs> so, you are yeah. set. Because uh, all you need to do is buy two games. The Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 collection and Kingdom Hearts 2.8. That's all you need. That'll get you every game uh, in the Kingdom Hearts series. You won't be able to play uh, 358 over two days or recode it. And eh, you're not missing too much when it comes to that. You're not missing a whole lot there. Uh, But otherwise, uh, honestly, I would play them in release order. Uh, Just go on the Kingdom Hearts wiki. Just look up the Kingdom Hearts series and look at the release order of the games. Play in that order, and you're in pretty good shape. I think you'll you'll just get a sense of how everything flowed into each other because the newer games do reference things in the that come either later or happen in the other ones, and uh, especially with the secret scenes and stuff like that. But I, I think release order is the best way to do it. What about you, Ash? I completely agree, and this is exactly why I picked this question because I knew that we're both Kingdom Hearts experts, basically, <laughs> and I knew that we both basically feel the same about this. Um, yeah. All you need to buy is 1.5 and 2.5, which is, you know, part of the same collection on PS4, and 2.8. And literally, I think you can even play them in the order that they are listed on the game selection screen. Like, I think they're listed in release order. So literally, start with 1.5, start with Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, and work your way down the list. And I'm pretty sure that gives you the proper order, release order anyway. And once you've gotten through 1.5 and 2.5, then put 2.8 in your PS4 and play that play dream drop distance then 0.2 and then uh watch the kingdom hearts unchained movie Mm -hmm. and or unchained key and that's that's going to get you everything you need to know leading into kingdom hearts 3 you're not missing anything you're not you know that is it that is the the whole series so for as confusing as it's gotten for as many Mm -hmm. systems as they've released various titles on they have finally made it easy for you to get completely caught up going into 3 and we've just said it just (laughs) buy 1.5 2.5 and 2.8 and play them Mm -hmm. in order and that's really all you need to do. And honestly, that'll probably get you a good, at least 200 hours of gameplay. Like, that's a value. <laughs> yeah. 
That's for sure. And and uh, by the way, don't listen to anybody who tells you to play them in timeline order because I, I'm, I've thought about that before and I'm thinking, you know, like, I you go back and play Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep and so much of it is reliant on things you learn in Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days that there's just, I, I cannot imagine starting, like, having my first Kingdom Hearts game be Birth by Sleep or even worse, uh, the Unchained Key movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, even though they, they are the, you know, they're the, the earliest in the timeline, the way the games were designed and the way the story has been designed, they really do require knowledge of the games that came out before them. So play them in release yeah, order. Yeah, that is the best way to do it. I mean, it's fun to watch them in chronological order once you understand everything, but if you're going in completely new, definitely uh it's <laughs> definitely release order yeah and like and, and this aspect may be something that may not matter to as many people but i also think it's fun to see how the gameplay of a long-running series evolved and changed over the course of that series and you can really only get that in proper context by starting with one and playing in release order because you see how they kind of refined the battle system and the various mechanics over the course of the series and that may not matter to you but i i find that stuff interesting mm-hmm. You might come up. You might get a bit of a hump when it comes to um, uh, chain of memories. Yeah, because it, it, <laughs> it is very different from as far as gameplay from the original Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and I, I here's the weird thing: I like that they made it a 3D version and updated, did all that. I, I I've had so much trouble playing the, through that game. I just Me too. I prefer the two the, the the Game Boy Advance version. I think it plays better. I don't know if I prefer the GBA version, but I I absolutely think the PS2 version gets just dreadfully repetitive. Like and and but then again, so does the GBA version because essentially in Chain of Memories, you're going through back through most of the same worlds you just went through in mm-hmm. one. Especially if you're playing them back to back, except the worlds are less interesting and they're kind of longer in a way. So, like play Chain of Memories, see how you feel about it. But when you get there, if you kind of get the sense that you're getting bored and burned out. Don't force yourself. Honestly, just go to YouTube and watch the story mm-hmm. because the story of Chain of Memories is vital. Like it's incredibly important. You have to play. You have to know what happens in that game to understand two even a little bit. <laughs> but you don't. Don't force yourself to play it. If you're getting burned out, just go on YouTube, watch the story of Chain of Memories, and then pick back up your gameplay with Kingdom Hearts Two. Mm, yeah, that's probably the best idea. I mean, there is fun to be had in Chain of Memories. It. it, it I, yeah. I did enjoy my first time playing through it, but when I was going back through in the 3D version. I just, I was, it wasn't clicking with me in the same way. I think it's because I'm trying to deal with cars and I'm trying to deal with the camera and all this other stuff going on. It was like, it was too much for me at the time, so I never bothered. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then, you know, not only that, even if you do get through all of Sora's story, then you end up, you know, then you have to play through Riku's story, which is essentially the same worlds you just played again, but in reverse order. And, and it's just, it gets really tired. Yeah, but it also helps that his story is a lot shorter than Sora's. That's true, though. It is. And it's a lot easier to get through because of his mechanics. Mm, yeah, it's it's very much yeah. simplified. Uh, and it was cool at the time because that was the first time you ever were able to play as Riku. That was really neat at the time. Yeah, I remember how cool that yeah. was. So I, if you feel like, yeah, that, that's that's the only one I can see giving you any trouble as far as getting dull because uh, yeah i think the others pretty much are all fantastic yeah, and yeah <laughs> that's a pretty much a great and they really just get better i mean in my opinion they just get better some people can consider one the best but in my opinion they just kind of get better like one is great but you know then chain of memories is my least favorite but then like after that you get two which is just unilaterally better than one in my opinion mostly and then you get birth by sleep which is still my favorite in the series so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, they really just, and then Dream Drop Distance is almost as good, in my opinion. So they really do just kind of con- continue to get better and then level out at a high level of quality. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think it uh, there's definite improvements uh, going along, and I agree with you that Birth by Sleep is my favorite in the series. So, yeah. We've talked about Kingdom yeah. Hearts plenty of times, so uh, <laughs> hopefully you enjoy the series uh, once you get into it. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's really the easiest time to catch up ever. It really is. Yeah, I mean, this really, this really, it really could not be a better time to get caught up in the series. Like they, they basically handed out on a silver, a silver platter for you in terms of what to play and what order to play. Yeah, them in. and I think you could, like you get to play the entire series for what eighty bucks, <laughs> something like that. Basically, now, yeah, it's like what I, I think each collection's like for, what forty. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess so. Yeah. That's that's a good deal. <laughs> and you're playing the best versions. I mean, I think I think I've heard there are a few glitches here and there on some of these PS4 versions, but you're playing these games in 60 frames per second, which we didn't get to do growing. <laughs> that was never the case, and I still want to go back and play these because I've not seen those games in 60 frames per second. So you're all you're also playing the best versions. Yes, yeah, exactly. So yep. Well, our last topic is probably the most important one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this comes from Mario Ochoa. Who says, hi guys, I wanted to know, what is your favorite pizza place? <laughs> uh, do, That's vitally yeah, important. Yeah, vitally important because everybody loves pizza. Uh, he says, do you love Little Caesars because of their pizzas are hot and ready? Domino's fast home delivery, CC's pizzas, all you can eat, or simply the flavor of the toppings of your local pizza place? So, I don't know, I thought this was kind of fun because uh, oh, everybody yeah. loves talking pizza. And whatnot. So I'm actually oh, I'm yeah. actually curious about yours, Ash, since you're living in sunny old California. How's the pizza out there? It's it's pretty much great. I mean, L.A. has great pizza. Um, you know, I, I guess in terms of sometimes we'll get local, sometimes we'll get just one of the ma- major chains. In terms of the major chains, my favorite generally is Domino's. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they have the best sauce. I'm, I'm a sauce guy, so like I know a lot of people get extra cheese. I get extra sauce, and I think Domino's sauce is really good. So and plus they have the they have a great coupon where you can get like anything everything you want for five like two or more items on the whole menu five ninety nine mm-hmm. each so it's really easy to get like a it's like a medium pizza and like some some chicken or some bread bread bites or whatever for like twelve bucks that's nothing yeah. so like I feel like in terms of taste ver- versus value Domino's comes out on top for me I'd agree with that actually uh, it's it's really funny where I live there's a ton of pizza places around me. There's, I think, yeah. two or three different local chains uh, or local places. There's Little Caesars, there's Papa John's, and there's Domino's. And if I drive just a little bit further, I can find Pizza Hut as well uh, and uh-huh. a couple other places. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. But out of all those, I even the local places, there is, a new, there is, a, there is one brand new local place I haven't tried out yet. I tried out the other uh, for their pizza. Uh, and honestly, I was not impressed because it was one of those where I picked up the slice and all the cheese and toppings just dripped off. Ah, and it was like, no ah, it's, that's not as good. Fortunately, their strombolis are okay but because I love my strombolis. But yeah, I will never get actual pizza from them. Instead, I prefer the Domino's because I agree with you. I think uh, they the pricing is really good. I think the taste is really good. I, I, I love their crust they have this really great season crust love their crust yeah just really great season and they, crust. yeah and and they seem to somehow or no, so, go, ahead. go ahead oh like like domino's seems to somehow avoid that that grease factor like yeah there's grease but mm-hmm. like compared to the other ones like especially pizza hut i feel like you can just like squeeze 
a, a slice of Pizza Hut pizza and <laughs> grease is just going to drip out of it. Whereas Domino's, you know, there's a little associated grease with pizza anyway, but it, it tastes, you know, I don't feel like I'm clogging my arteries when I mm. eat it. As opposed to Pizza Hut, I, I just feel my, my life shortening every time <laughs> I take a, a bite of Pizza Hut I pizza. haven't had Pizza Hut pizza uh, maybe no. It's been it's been about five or uh, five or five to eight years, something like that. Last time I went was they they, they had this um, lunch special where you could have a buffet, uh, which was nice because buffet pizza, so that's always good. Uh, and oh yeah, for their for their lunch, and that was the last time I had it because then I moved away from that area and wasn't as easily accessible. Uh, and then Domino's went on there because for a while Domino's was not good at all. But then they like right. re-looked at, they looked at themselves as like, we got to do something and become better. And I really think they... They went through like a total rebrand. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. they pulled it off, honestly. I think their pizza tastes great. The prices are excellent because there's always coupons and uh, just great yeah. things to get. And honestly, I think it just tastes pretty good, uh, especially because my favorite topping is, and I know this is going to spark, spark its own debate, uh, ham and pineapple. <laughs> I love ham and pineapple. No, I was actually going to ask you because I, I actually wasn't previously aware of this, but there seems to be a major like people oh, yeah. get really up in arms and angry about this. Like you know, there's this there's a line in the sand. Like mm-hmm. either you are you support pineapple on pizza or you don't, and there's no. There's no like crossover. It's either you do and you or you don't. And there's like a civil war going on here. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I, they, I think people had. I think somebody asked um, Gordon Ramsay about it, and he said pineapple does not belong on pizza, and he's wrong. That's so I don't care funny. what he th- thinks. Yeah, I, he's wrong. I don't. Yeah, uh, I, people just don't get into it. I I kind of get it, but there, there is that just whole sweet and savory aspect to it that I just really like. And I've I've had ham and pineapple pizza ever since I was a kid. Like my parents uh-huh. enjoyed it as well, so they would get it. I would try it out, and it was excellent. Like we'd always get, I believe, ch- uh, cheese pizza for my sisters, who for whatever they don't like topics for whatever reason, or at least that b- back uh-huh. in the day they didn't. Uh, then a pepperoni and mushroom, which is probably my second favorite combination of toppings. I just I don't, that just feels classic to me. And then ham and pineapple, and ha- ham and pineapple would always go the quickest. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like I won't say pineapple is my favorite topping on pizza, but I mean, I, I never say no to it. I like it. And I like Hawaiian pizza in general. So while I may have a, another like favorite, I never will say no. And I'm certainly not on the side of people who believe pineapple should not be on pizza. I think it's good. Um, if I had to get, like pick a favorite topping combination... My mainstay is probably pineapple, jalapeno, and extra sauce. Hmm. That's kind of my favorite pizza. That's interesting. Uh, I love spicy food, so jalapenos, cool with that. Pepperoni's cool with that, and just slather that extra sauce on there, and I'm a happy camper. <laughs> I, I can um, see that. Yeah. I here's the funny thing. I, I haven't I haven't had Papa John's in a while because they're usually a lot more expensive than than other chain restaurants, and uh, my sister threw a birthday party, a small birthday party for my nephew for him turning three. And she ordered Papa John's and I had it and I'm like, this isn't, this is not nearly as good as uh, Domino's. I don't know what it is, but it just was not clicking. And it just, it even I even had the ham and pineapple because uh, she ordered that as for that. It's just, I don't know. It was fine. I mean, it's pizza. It still tastes fine, but it's just, no, Domino's is clearly the superior choice in that case. <laughs> Papa John's makes me sad because I love the taste of Papa John's. I actually think it's really good. It was probably the one I would pick uh, in terms of being closest to Domino's. I think it's just really good. It's obviously more expensive, but their sauce is great, and I love that garlic sauce. But 
Uh, my wife and I used to get it, but then she advised me recently, I didn't realize it, but they're an incredibly homophobic company, kind mm. of like Chick-fil-A. And you know what? I have tried Chick-fil-A once, and I, it was good, but I just I can't bring it in myself to support homophobic companies. And they have a very they have a specific anti-gay slant. Uh, I think the CEO does of Papa John's. And you know what? No matter how good that pizza is, I can't. Not to make it too real, <laughs> but I can't uh, I can't support that. Yeah. So Domino's for me. And then there, I didn't get to say it earlier, but there is a really good local chain that I sometimes go to called uh, Coney, and that stands for King of New York. And it's a King of New York pizza. Really, it's like New York style, really big, really thin slices, and that stuff's amazing. Mm. It, it, really, really good stuff. Um, so that is my other choice. I would. Uh, I, I definitely need to try out the other local place because local place places can surprise you with how good. Like there was a uh, local place near uh, my childhood house uh, where I grew up, and uh, oh, they were just excellent, excellent pizza. Like if we went, if we wanted to get pizza, that's where we went. It was good prices, good sizes, uh, just worked out really well. But unfortunately, I'm not close enough for that anymore. So none of the places, local places around me have stood out yet but there is like i said there is a new place i might have to check it out and i will actually get little caesars on occasion like if i'm in a rush i could just like it is a block away i'll walk down grab yeah. a pizza come back the problem with little caesars at least they're normal pizzas they're they're the circular ones um is they suck upon reheating like i can't eat an entire pizza by myself yeah, and if, if, yeah, they kind of like, do. Even if it's in the stove, it does not, or the oven, it doesn't taste as good. Uh, I think it just feels very flat. However, if you get their more expensive, um, like I forget what it's officially called, but the deep deep dish piece, uh, pizza that holds up better. So it's still not great in the microwave, but if you put it in the oven, not too bad to hold up. But, but yeah, yeah. But that is also like I'm hungry. I'm, I'm just want to grab some pizza quick. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I love how we've gotten this much discussion out of pizza. I mean, pizza <laughs> is truly an important topic of conversation, but I didn't think we'd get this much out of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's hey, it's pizza. I said it was an important conversation. It is an important conversation. <laughs> yeah, no. And actually, now that I just got back from Japan, this reminds me. Um, I also love Japanese pizza. If you've ever I had haven't. it, it's called Okonomiyaki. I've yeah, heard of it, uh, but I've like, never it, had it. It's good stuff it's yeah it's, it's called okonomiyaki and it's basically it's kind of like it's like a like it's like a pancake almost and not not what we think of as pizza but it's like almost like a, a some like a pancake type dough with it can be anything like <laughs> like noodles on top of it and onion like stir fry on top oh, wow. of it and it's so good and they put like some sweet like eel sauce type stuff on it and like a little drizzle of mayonnaise Oh, it's so good. It's, yeah, and I, and I, I, of course, if you can get it like a legit okonomiyaki place in Japan, it's even better. And I, I, I like some okonomiyaki sometimes. Good mm. stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there I'd love to try. So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you're making, I'm making myself hungry, so I'm going to cut it off there. I'm, I'm sure we might have made a couple other people hungry, maybe. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? I could make it a lot worse. There's one kind of pizza we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, boy, what? Pazookies. Pazookies. Have you ever been to BJ's? Do they have BJ's? There's in? a yeah. There's a BJ, uh, BJ's okay. around me. I don't go to it because I I live by myself. I don't need to buy in bulk. <laughs> go take yourself out to a BJ's one night and get a pazookie. It's literally a. It's like a giant warm cookie with ice cream on top of it. You can get it in various ways, but the the classic way is a giant warm chocolate chip cookie, all gooey and stuff, with cold vanilla ice cream, and it's 
I mean, I don't have to tell you how good <laughs> yeah, it sounds. Like, like it's really good. So <laughs> take yourself out to, to BJ's and just get it. Trust me, it's so good. <laughs> uh, I'll have to. Might have to do that. <laughs> uh, Andre will tell you the same thing. Andre and I both are huge fans of bazookas. Oh wow! Hmm. Well, check yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. All right, guys, I think that covers for uh, episode, what, 58 of uh, the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for listening uh, to a wide variety of topics this week, I gotta say. And uh, yeah. yeah, and as always, like we say, you can guys can support us for $1 a month on Patreon. Get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as, I'll, as well as offer up topics like the ones we just answered. So yeah, thank you guys once again, and uh, we'll catch you next time for episode 59. Bye.